God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace and peace to you on this first Sunday of Advent, and Happy New Year. No, that's for real, it's okay. You know, Christians around the world who follow the church calendar have made the transition from ordinary time to that special season of Advent. Advent happens to be my favorite season. While I love the festive and celebratory spirit of Christmas and Easter, Advent always seems to greet me like an old friend. Advent is honest. Advent doesn't require celebration, and it's not a fan of sugarcoating. Now, if you know me well enough, as my mother does, you know I don't sugarcoat. I think that's what she loves about me. Advent allows us to sit in the darkness of shorter days and just be. The season calls us to pay attention and to witness to the brokenness of our world and and ponder hope that brings healing. And Advent takes seriously our shortcomings, yet equips us to prepare a different way. A world where justice and peace reigned for all people. A way made possible through the love of God in Jesus Christ. Now, I find it interesting that the reading for the first day of Advent comes right before the end of Jesus' life in the Gospel of St. Luke. In fact, it may have been some of his last words. And it seems strange to begin thinking about the coming of the Christ child while reading these end words. But that's how it is, and we don't teach that a lot. The, the first two weeks of Advent are King of Kings and Lord of Lords, but the second two weeks are more eight pounds, six ounce baby Jesus. But if we put these teachings in the context of their original audience, the first century Christians, their connection to Advent makes a little bit more sense. Because the first hearers of this text could have quite literally believed that the world was coming to an end. In recent memory was the violent destruction of Jerusalem by the Roman Empire. The center of life for many of these early followers was destroyed by a group dedicated to gaining power by spreading terror and fear. And in a world filled With hatred and fear, these first followers of Christ, they sat in perpetual Advent, searching for the hope of Christ amidst the darkness. We can probably relate. Every generation before and after Christ has gone through these periods of worry and fear, fear that the world might just be coming to an end. And throughout these generations, some have looked at these apocalyptic passages as proof of the world's demise and used them to predict the end. The gospel reading for today was 
never meant to be used to predict destruction. And it was never meant to increase fear. Quite the opposite, actually. This teaching was written to give hope. Hope to people who so easily succumbed to fear. These words of Christ were meant to speak light and life to a people who were preparing for the worst. And today, they do the same thing. They're intended to encourage us, encourage us to prepare a way of hope in spite of the world's darkness. After all, the season of Advent teaches us to look for hope in the most unexpected of places. It calls us to be divine watchers for good. And this call becomes difficult when we're so hardwired for fear. Maybe to illustrate this, think back just to a moment ago when you heard the gospel. Maybe you too went, oh, good Lord, no, not the readings of Advent again. Destruction and despair. Maybe they made you a little nervous. But do you remember hearing the story of the fig tree that was sandwiched in between? Did you notice that these passages between fear and distress, there were these beautiful lines about new life, about rebirth. And as Jesus addresses his disciples and the author of St. Luke's Gospel addresses the followers whose lives were steeped in fear, we're given this new parable. Look at the fig tree and all of the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. (laughs) Perhaps for us, that's not so good. (laughs) But the image of the fig tree would have been one that spoke to these first hearers. Because the fig tree was an image of safety and security. It was used as both sustenance and shelter from storms. And hearing of its blossoming in the summer would be an assurance of new life, even in the midst of life's trickiest fear-inducing storms because hope exists even in the darkest of times. One truth about being fragile human beings is that we live in a world that beauty and terror actually simultaneously coexist. In our life, terror and beauty, they go together. And our job as people of faith is to look for the beauty, to search for the hope. And when we see only terror, it becomes pretty difficult to follow our call as hope seekers. When we live in fear, we allow one emotion to dictate our actions. Because fear takes away our power to do good in the world. And when we're dominated by fear, we're told we have no choice but to be reactionary. But this assumption is false. We do have a choice. Every day we're given choices of how we respond to the brokenness in our lives and around the world. And We can choose to live solely in fear, or we can choose to seek out hope in the midst of our fears. Perhaps then the escape that our gospel reading speaks of is not an escape from hurt 
and pain and death and destruction, but instead an escape from the power that these things can have over us. For as followers of Jesus, we proclaim that God's love for the world through Christ is bigger than death. And it is stronger than fear. And I don't know what you're listening to these days, but I'm hearing a lot about fear in the world today. Because fear tends to speak the loudest. But we cannot let those loud voices overshadow the things we know to be truth. That hope is found in the most unexpected places. That beauty exists amidst brokenness and that light shines in the darkness and there are signs of hope all around us preparing us for this season. Which brings me back to choice and the power over choice. As Christians, specifically as liturgical Christians, we are given an opportunity right now to reset, to reboot, to begin anew, because this is our new year. And while we're actually always able to do this, seasonal changes are somewhat helpful, but we don't have to wait until January 1st. We don't have to think, you know what, I've got five weeks to eat as many cookies as much candy, and as much alcohol as I can possibly get in me. Because you know what, January 1, it's a new you. We can begin our newness right now. And we can choose to buck cultural norms. It's not just a catchphrase, bucking the cultural norms. We're doing it right now. Believe it or not, we're bucking the cultural norm just by choosing to come together in a worshiping community. A community that doesn't fall into this place where December starts the Monday before Thanksgiving and it ends on January 2nd. We don't have to fall into this place where we believe if I don't accept every invitation to every party that's going on, they will think I am mean-spirited and a grouch And I just don't like to do things like that. We can be instead a community that spends time feeding the hungry instead of arguing over what the best color is for the Advent candles. We can be a community that doesn't argue about which one got lit and was it the right one. I won't lie, I like being in that community as well. We can be a community that understands Relationships are hard. They're hard work, and the holidays seems to make them tougher. But we don't have to be a part of a community that believes, if I just get the right gift, my job won't suck. If I just bring the right pie, my mother will not say, God bless your heart, whatever about me. We don't have to worry about those things. Because instead, we have this time to reboot, to reset. We have this time to say, I love you. I care about you. I value you. I see hope in my world around me. And we know that grief just seems to hit harder this time of year for so many people and so many reasons. 
Advent is a season of waiting and patience and quiet and slowing down because the world needs us to prepare now, not to wait. The world needs us to seek justice now, not to wait. The world needs us to walk humbly with our God now, not to wait, and to not abandon the work of the gospel. This doesn't mean that we poke fun at people who decorated before three Advent. It doesn't mean we tell them, I don't listen to your chestnuts until after the 27th. It means that we allow others to take joy from the joy they receive of the holidays and we still maintain our traditions. So in this season of Advent, may we always allow ourselves the time to search for the good. May we name the hope when we see it. May we silence our own fears with the goodness of God, whom we know will not let death and destruction have the final words in our lives or in the world. And not only this, but may we stand up and raise our heads, willing to be people of hope, agents of change for the world we want to see and for the world's needs.